live from Estopan All In. It's the Vamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados Podcast brought to you by the state of Louisville. My name is Benton. I'm back. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Hopefully we held down the Ford okay without you last week. I was literally about I'm to use Zach, that same language. <laughs> I was literally going to say that same thing. <laughs> Thanks for holding down the fort. Unfortunately, I'll come back to a uh, to few, uh, few less than desirable results that we get to talk about today. Does this have to sports. be a soccer podcast this week? Is there any other th- anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> we could, yeah, we could pivot to uh, off-topic stuff, just can theories we, on soccer, thoughts We'll make on this a hiking podcast. You want to talk about Gatlinburg? <laughs> Yeah, Gatlinburg is beautiful, by the way. It didn't bring us much luck on the soccer pitch like I hoped. I was wearing Would gear Would you talk about weekend. the Women's Cup again, maybe? <laughs> Unfortunately, we've got to move on from those glory days and 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 talk about some less than desirable results. Ooh, so It was rough this week, Bitten. Yeah. So from our last recording, we got two racing matches to talk about, which would be Kansas City versus racing. And then they went uh, with the Houston and, and played racing and then Louisville City went away to Birmingham. You know, the problem is is that we weren't playing at Lynn Family Stadium, which all away games this week. Yeah, which is no fun because not only are we not in physical attendance, but we lost. Ugh. And we and we got blown out in our rec league game. It was just a bad soccer week for us in general. Yeah, we didn't play well. The other team played well, but we saw the first red card came out. That was pretty exhilarating. <laughs> for us because we weren't the ones who got fouled <laughs> i know i i, I kind of thought our team would be the first to get a red card but anywho let's talk about the uh the actual matches themselves the professional matches that is so first up kansas city versus uh, racing louisville by the way i went to the uh the viewing party for that one at hogfather it was a lot of fun i had no idea how much space that hogfather had on their second level up there Oh, I didn't. I've not been to the second level. It's massive. Like I got there really early because I knew there was like eight seats on the floor level. So I'm like, all right, I got to get a good spot. And then they point me upstairs and it's like enormous. (laughs) And there's a lot of TVs up there. I'm like, oh, okay. So I felt kind of dumb. But anyway, so next time they have a viewing party up there, there's a lot of space and it's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the, the match itself. So I don't know about you, but as far as the lineup goes, what kind of surprised me is that it was largely the same cast of characters that we're used to seeing. And coming off of all the Women's Cup stuff, I thought there might be a little bit more rotation there. Yeah. You know, I could see some of those players maybe coming in off the bench. But I, I you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm not, I'm not in training every day. I don't know what these energy levels are. And I think some of these, but, these players um, were rested for it, that. It definitely... It definitely looked like people were were feeling the schedule in that game. Yeah, I I said the same thing on, on Soccer City Radio, and, and Lance pushed back. I mean, his his point was very valid. Is in the second half of that match, which I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, they came out and it, it looked like they had a bit more energy behind them. So maybe maybe there's a point that it wasn't as much of tiredness as we would like it to be. Yeah, but I certainly well, I, I think it is at least an element of a factory benefits, not a full on excuse. Well, and I guess to mention lineups for Kansas City, it's it's new look Kansas City. 
because they've got right, they Hamilton had, uh, and Mace from North Carolina. I, I have, I think, are have integrated into the lineup and are, are gelling with everyone else now. And right, right before the match, they just recently picked up uh, Adriana French from Portland, who is, I mean, one of Big the best pickup. keepers in the country. Yeah, that was a huge pickup. I mean, they were, I mean, at first they kind of seemed like the pushover in the league, but they kind of bolstered themselves a bit to yeah, make that a little less so. Some some solid additions to their lineup in the past couple weeks. Yeah. Well, and I did, I wanted to mention, I mean, because I think Hamilton and Mace, Mace didn't play the no, they second both. half much, but oh, yeah. Hamilton and Mace both looked very, very good in this game. And I think that shows just like how how good teams like Portland and North Carolina are that I mean Hamilton and Mace were both struggling to get minutes for North Carolina and looked like I mean the the best players on on Kansas City now that they're playing there and it just just shows how deep the teams at the top are in the league deep and well prepared yeah so that uh, that did not uh, you know initially just look at those team sheets that you know I guess that's a little bit of hindsight bias there but did not bode well for for racing Louisville. I don't know what what did, what are your thoughts on our starting lineup? If if you were uh, if you were Coach Zach, how would you would you've started the same cast of characters? Would you have done more rotation? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean I would have started them because I, you mentioned you know short rest, but. At, that is not the lineup we put out against Bayern. I mean, a lot of these players came on in the second half, right. I think planning for this. So it, it makes sense. People got their rest sort of during the Bayern game. So I was sort of expecting this lineup. Um, and I mean, I think that is pretty much, I guess the only, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's close to our best lineup. Yeah, was is what we put out for that game. Yeah, I pretty much agree, and I mean, and I guess all these players are pretty much younger than us and have more, more energy and can run the pitch more than we can. <laughs> I was I a know. little surprised just after the absolute beating that she's taken the past couple weeks. Uh, I was surprised to see Betos start mm-hmm. that game. I, I I was sort of. Um, thinking of, of of anyone she would be the player i would expect to see get some rest especially with how good katie lund played in the in, in the Bayern game yeah so that, that was the only that was the only kind of surprise i i saw in the lineup i can totally see though michelle beatos being the kind who's like if she's like remotely healthy and doable like she's going to be like rearing <laughs> to go like you're gonna to have to like pull her off the field type so that i don't know, she but, you know that's that, what you have that, coaches for I know, right? I guess either way, they they let her go, and I mean, you know, she did a job. I you know, I know she came off. Another beating. I know, <laughs> right? Uh, but I think when she came off on the uh, in the final for the women's cup, it was more so related to I, I think I heard after the fact that like, more of a stomach bug than yeah. an actual like knock or whatnot. So either way, she's still in one piece and still ready to play. So black eyes are mostly gone. Mostly. I'm sure she'll earn a few more. So, all right. So for the, uh, for the match itself, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So, I mean, fairly early on, um, 
we had an own goal in the 17th minute. And I think I had mentioned last week with Bonner's own goal um, that that was one where you can't really Bonner's was one. You can't really fault anybody. It was like a really good cross fired in that it was all she could do to get a foot on it and, and deflect it. And it just, it took a bad bounce. And sometimes that happens. I think this one was a much worse own goal because the, the cross got deflected. It was not, it was sort of bouncing on the ground, not super fast. Um, And um, Simon who hit it, there, there wasn't really any Kansas City players behind her. Like had it gone past her, it would not have been super duper dangerous. Um, So that, this one, I think, was a, a lot more of a mistake of an own goal than, than last week's. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I was just watching it again as, as you were talking. It looks like it's kind of coming at an angle. Had she not hit it, it would have it would have went out of bounds. But it was clearly just a mishit ball. Super unfortunate. Yeah. Um, we do that kind of stuff all the time. But for somebody who plays one professionally, that's a real, yeah, that's a real, like, ouch. Yeah, unlike moment. last week's where that was just like, you do what you have to do. And sometimes that happened. This one was like, not a great, not, not a great play in general. Yeah. So she had a, had a match to forget. And I think she ended up getting subbed off at the, um, at the start of the second half. Right. Uh, she got subbed off in the 46 minute. Yeah. yeah. Right. At the, right. At the start of the second half. Yep. So um, Mira Montez came on for her and then um, Taylor Otto came in for Freya yep. all, all at once. So, but unfortunately, it looks like the uh, the action did not did not end in the first half. Nope. And uh, then, yeah, yeah. yeah so, the next goal. Yeah, I was going to talk about the uh, the unfortunate one. It was a it was a bit of a of a, of a counter attack, and the the striker stayed you know stayed on side, but I guess got a was able to sprint by our defenders. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get anybody out. Even Michelle Betos was was off her line, and she was pretty much running backwards to try to stop and save it so i don't personally i don't really fault betos for that yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta come out and, and make the make yourself bigger compared to the goal on a break like that yeah i mean it was a real real quick breakaway what what i think could have been a real difference maker there is um is if we could have at least gotten one defender there to slow the attacker down just a bit i mean not even like hold her off so other defenders can get back there just enough so that uh, Betas could have gotten another step or two backwards. I yeah, think it was she one could of those, have stopped that one. It was a bad pass that got picked off, and then it seemed like the whole team got caught flat-footed all at once. Oh yeah, everybody was a little quick, a little slow to 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 change directions after the turnover. Yeah, um, I, and just uh, props to Hamilton. It was a great great decision to shoot it from where she did because I think. Had she taken another touch, Betos would have closed even further and she would have had a yeah. lot less to shoot at. So she, I think she timed the shot well to where she caught, caught Betos running out and, and had space to get it past her where she wasn't right in her face. Yeah. I mean, um, if, if, if Michelle wasn't running backwards, I have, I have full confidence that she would have, yeah. would have stopped that or at least hit it real, real close. Well, and we mentioned the North Carolina players, but that was, Hamilton with the assist by Mace. So they're already making a big impact for Kansas City. Yeah, adding some some And they had back. almost that exact same play. Like I feel it feel it felt like three times that Hamilton Hamilton. I think we were lucky 
if not for some great saves by Betos, that the score could have been a little worse going into the half even. Yeah, I don't I don't recall what the uh what the expected goals value ended up being for this match, but I'm sure that uh that those opportunities are reflected in that. Yeah. Could have been worse than what it was. So that was that was it really for the for the first half. So we went into the ha- breakdown two 0 which allegedly is the most dangerous score line. <laughs> Have you heard that one before? Yeah, it's hard to hold a two. Allegedly, do a lot of work there. I know, <laughs> I know. I, I heard that somewhere before, and it just stuck with me for whatever reason. Not that I like overly believe it or anything, but um, we'll talk about something good though. We already talked about that there were some subs made at the the start of the second half, but the 65th minute, racing got a goal. We made sure oh, <laughs> we didn't get shut out. Through ball. Yeah, it was a great. Uh, it was a great little team play built um, building yeah. things up there. Let's see. Nice one t- two. I think because. Um... Kaiser laid it off to Nadia and then ran and Nadia played the through ball back to her. To Nadia to back to Cece. Who sent it in there and and Cece was pumped when she scored that one. I I mean, as she should be, but I think that one meant a lot to the team to to at least be able to scrape one back. I think they kind of understood what what sort of position they were in. I don't don't think they'd given up by any means, but. Yeah, Cece's having a great season, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. She was my preseason pick to have like her breakout year this year. Cause I, she didn't play a whole lot last year. Yeah. Um, and she's, I think she's been our most balanced attacker. She's uh, with assists and, and goals. Uh, I think she's got two of each. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty safe looking uh, pick right now. I mean, I think another early, early on guest could have been uh, Savannah McCaskill prime for uh, for a break and i think she's doing a lot of work i think a lot of the work she does doesn't always necessarily make it onto the stat sheet yeah and i think she is unfortunately had to play out outside of her ideal position which is affecting i think if she was able to play more of an attacking midfielder than a which she's sort of been forced back into defensive midfielder for most of the season um, but I think she's been pretty, pretty malleable. You know, some players like you just can't move. Like, remember when we played Napo on the, on the back line that one time, like sometimes like things like that, they just don't work, <laughs> but she's making it work. Oh, I got flashbacks. That didn't work out well, did it? All right. Um, let's see here. I think that was really the, I mean, we had a bunch of substitutions later. Yeah, we had match, another wave but, of those. Oh. Um, Balcom came in for Nadia. Um, Malay came in for Yuki. Um, Julia Ashley came on for Friendly Fox. And then uh, we looked better in the second half. We were getting more opportunities, I feel yeah. like. Um, but, um, I mean, I think overall the 2-1 scoreline was fair. Yeah. But, yeah, that, I think Kansas City was the better team on the night. Yeah. Un- uh, we got un- our... Double yellow card. I don't know. If, have we gotten just, a red card yet? I was just about to say that. I don't. I think this is Racing Louisville's first red card. Uh, to Sinclair Montez. Did she? I, I I I didn't get a good clear look at it, but did she pull the uh, pull the opponent's hair? Yeah, try it, to. It looked in the replay because she let go like immediately. I think she tried to grab shoulder and and grabbed hair on accident. Um, yeah. It, it didn't. It didn't to me look like she was 
purposefully grabbing for the hair. I think she was just grabbing to pull her back on the break yeah. and, and caught the hair. Yeah, you're still going to get carded for that. Yeah. And I mean, what, she played a half of football and got, got two yellow cards? Like, ouch. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to get, like, a, a straight red, but, like, that's really bad, too. But, like, two, two, only two yellows, like, you just got to be careful in this situation, especially so late in a match. Like, yeah, it was, I mean, it's you're already it was, down. It was over. I mean, it's the 90th minute. You're down a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Just how things had played out. It seemed pretty, you know, yeah. so, I mean, but that's, that's the thing with this team. There's a lot of youth on it and there's going to be these learning and growing things, things that we're going to, well, and we're going to look, watch on the taping. Uh, disagree with. She had a pretty good interview a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it was the last time we played Kansas city because her sister plays for Kansas city. Yep. Um, and they've still, unfortunately, not been on the field at the same time because Kansas City hasn't um, subbed on the other Miramontes at the appropriate time yet. But uh, uh, I think she mentioned, because one of the questions was like, what's the difference between your play style and your sister's play style? And she mentioned that um, her sister has a lot more intellectual of a play style. She thinks about the game more and and she... Um, plays uh, Sinclair uh, plays fast and and plays she kind of goes full speed the whole game and, yep. and is does not like you know take a step back and slow things down as much I think that's an example of that where she was just it, going going all out regardless of the situation yep. in the game well, which is when, when sometimes bad sometimes yeah one of those moments where I think she may not have realized in that particular second that she uh, was already sitting on a yellow card. So that's unfortunate. So she'll miss some, uh, she'll miss some play time. So anyway, this match ended. We, uh, we had 60% possession, which when we first saw it on the screen at the watch party, like pull our phone like and like double check. I'm like, there's no yeah. way. I'm like, there's gotta be I, inverted. I think it's one of those, um, I think a, I think possession on its own is not super meaningful. It's possession in the attacking half of the field, I think is a much more meaningful yeah. stat. Cause I think it's one of those like racing had the ball, but they did not have the ball in like attacking position. Yeah. That, what, yeah. what, what I generally look, I mean, I think, this stat among many others, they're just pieces of the puzzle. Some, you yeah. know, sometimes they can't take solely alone. And, and generally what I look at after I look at the possession stats is I look at the accurate passes, particularly the breakdown between the own half and the opposition half. Yeah. And I'm looking at and, uh, here. And I, mean, I think yeah, they, possession plus heat map is more useful than just possession. Cause it's like, yeah. okay, were you just passing it between your center backs and not doing anything yeah. important? Or were you actually like, in the opponent's side of the field in dangerous positions. Yeah, and that was the case here of uh, 356 accurate passes, 228 were in our own half, 128 were in the opposition half. So, I mean, and and not to mention that our pass success rate was 74%, which is oddly was higher than Kansas City's. <laughs> I, think, I think Kansas City's game plan, they, I mean, you could see it in their scoring opportunities, but they were happy to sit back and wait to jump on a bad pass and then get out on the break. And they were successful at that. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we were, we were pretty toothless. I'm looking at the, the, the shots. We had six total shots, only two on target. Yeah. 
only 0.67 expected goals. Yeah, not not a great offensive night. I mean, how many times have we had to expect that goal value over one? Because there's been, I mean, there's been several matches where it's below one, which it's been mostly below one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's what's really concerning to me, you know. And, well, and again, it how was we... worse at the start of the season. It has gotten a little better of recent, but this I'd hope it this looks more like early season. Yeah. Racing Louisville. But it is just it just goes back to how we how we are to judge and assess this team. I mean, not to say they're graded on a curve, but success for this team isn't necessarily as much going to be the win loss columns as much as going to be the growth of this team over time. And I would like to see at least those opportunities created and those chances created which should fuel a higher expected goal yeah. value. Hopefully goals come with them, but so I don't know. Well, think, even if you're just like looking at shots, I think it was 14 to six on shots. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Which, so, you know, if, if you have 60% possession and less shots, that's like not a good <laughs> indicator. Yeah. So if we're not calling this one physical exhaustion, perhaps a bit of a mental hangover might yeah, be a more I appropriate. Mean, it's hard. I, the game is played by humans and and it's hard not to expect that you're going to have a little bit of a hangover from the week they had last week. Yep. Yep. So it's tough. And unfortunately they were, they were right back at it only a few days uh, later on the road again. So we'll pivot over to, uh, to the Houston match, which this is a fun fact. Jonathan uh, Lintner tweet this out, both racing Louisville, and Louisville City played at BBVA stadiums. Different ones, but same same company <laughs> sponsor on it. That is a fun fact, right? So congratulations, hey. Jonathan. That was a real fun fact. I liked it. Yeah, that's a that's a good pull. I'm trying to think. There's there's a couple. I think there's a couple teams that's possible against. There's a couple duplicate names. Because there's there's multiple Toyota fields. Oh, I'm sure. No, they're all over the place. Yeah. But it was just ironic that both of our teams were playing and those happened yeah. to be playing in those stadiums. Like stars aligned for that one. Who knows if that'll ever happen again? Hopefully never after the way the two games went. Yeah, I'd be all right if it didn't happen again. <laughs> I think we're good on BBVA stadium games. Right? <laughs> all right. Zach, you want to take us through Houston? Yeah. Uh, so uh, lineup-wise, I think... Um, I think Bonner was on the injury list, so she was out. Mm-hmm. So a, a completely different backline for for racing is Fox real. Oh, so uh, Martin and Ashley is Ashley's first start of the season. Yep. Um, yeah, that was exciting. I like getting uh, getting some fresh faces out there, getting um, some some new yeah, people some minutes. That is not a backline we have seen <laughs> before. So definitely, I think. You can see the toll of all the games taken in the lineup here. Cause that, yeah. Um, season. In attack, I think it was a fairly normal. Um, I, Ebony uh, got some rest and get, didn't get the start. Uh, so it was Nadia up top and then Ekic and Kaiser in Millet. Um, I feel like that's the first time that Amina started in several matches, right? She started in the um Bayern game I, okay. I think but yeah so, I mean I was I was out of town for that one so I didn't get to watch that one directly yeah. but 
putting that one aside, I, 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 yeah. we haven't seen it. Which I'm happy to see her match. start. I feel like up top is where I'm more comfortable seeing some rotation for to get people rest. Yeah, it's the... And then um, McCaskill and Freya in the midfield, so no change there. Yep. A reliable duo there. Um, and then as far as Houston goes, they've they've finally gotten back um, their Olympics players. So I think it's it's a a stronger lineup than they have fielded in the last couple weeks. Um, yeah, they Mewis, have. Mewis is back in the midfield. I knew uh, they had one Mewis. Daily like, I up top. Which one? Christy Mewis. Christy, yeah. Um, so I think they are. I would because I know they've had a bit of a rough, rough patch, but I, I I would expect to see them get back to their earlier season form now that everyone's back. Yeah, they were um they were pretty low on the on the table, but like you know, like you said, some important pieces have come back, so they're yeah, they're going to be I a bit of a stronger team side. They were playing very well pre Olympic break, and I think they have a. I think they're good, but not super deep. So mm-hmm. they're they're a team that I would expect now that now that they've got their a couple of their key players back will probably return to more of the pre Olympic form. Yep. And I think we got a little bit of that in uh, this matchup here. Yeah. Um, I guess my only, let's see. I I think, I think we actually played pretty well in the first half here. I, I, I would, uh, my note was that the, um, the game seemed to be very even up until the goal. I think it, it kind of looked like it looked to me like, like they they were playing them very close until that goal was scored, and then it seemed like the air kind of came out of the sails. And yeah. I, I think all of the games caught up to them after that goal. Yeah, what sort of it looked like to me. <laughs> I'm I'm glad they kind of snapped out of it or whatever from from that previous match and yeah. and didn't let that linger on the mind too much. And they, um, they held them off for what nearly 50 minutes. Yeah, and, and had some good chances early. I, um, uh, they had on off a set piece. Um, I think it was the 17th minute. Uh, somewhere around there. Uh, they had. Ball got headed around in the box a couple times. Freya got a good shot in and looked like it was going to be a goal, if not for a handball <laughs> that wasn't called. So, uh, yeah, I, I was watching that one back, and I knew a lot of people on the took a deflection. Yeah, she had her but, arm fairly close to her side, but that was, like, the last thing before the goal was her arm. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's, that's what I was going to point out is that, and again, maybe I need to brush up on the literal language of the rule, but it seemed like her har- arm was in a pretty pretty natural position yeah. so i could see why that that wasn't called like yeah if i should be... have i should have worded it a ball that hit an arm but that yeah. that arm was the only thing between the ball and the goal when it yeah hit it. i mean so like if we want to be just unfortunate <laughs> if we want to be biased racing fans sure we can we can call handball and whatnot there i try to be still neutral a good in these assessments yeah i mean no totally is i try to be neutral in the assessments and again even if the ref does miss a call like i try to keep it in mind yeah. that i mean this, sometimes we're going to get missed calls that go for us and some are going to get against us it's just a roll of the dice there but ultimately again i think it's probably the right call my i don't know this is not in the rule book I, it, it's very it has to be intentional which gets very very 
complicated and, and fuzzy as far as roles go. My yeah. like internal thing on it is is typically like if a thing deflects off an opponent and right straight up into your arm or like someone just kicks it right in front of you and your, your arm is in a normal spot and it hits it, that's like mm. pretty obviously not a handball to me, like not on purpose, unless you're yeah. making yourself wide like a goalie or something. Yeah. Um, typically, my thing is like, if it if you deflect it up into your own arm or if it deflects off of a teammate into your arm, I tend to be a little harsher on those. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, still it 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 was it was not a bad no call. Like you could see the logic there, but it's yeah. just that was a good opportunity. So that just an example that that they were playing well early and getting good chances. Yeah, I mean it's you know. To, it had to feel good to be get, at least getting that close. Frustration, frustrating that they didn't get it, and if anything, scare Houston a little bit to show that we uh, we still do have we have fight in us. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, and then I guess talk, should we talk about their goal? Yeah, the daily goal. Yeah. So I was watching this one back and. I want to get your, your, your thoughts on it was, so I'm trying to figure out who, um, who it was on here. Cause it's a little, little blurry, but it seems like we, ju we just weren't appropriately marking the attacker. So it crossed over into the box. And yeah. again, if our, if our defender was a step or two closer, I think we could have stopped it or at least made it a harder shot, but, but, you know, but she was beaten. The shot was able to get off pretty cleanly and there wasn't a whole lot. And just a great, done. I mean, a great finish. That's why, Oh, was yeah. That's sure. why Rachel Daly is Rachel Daly. <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't much that Michelle Betis could have um, no. could have done about that one. Yeah, she put that one away. But I guess it's just you know it was just a little bit of a, a defensive breakdown there, and, and it's, it's I mean quick passing from Houston. It was a good sequence for them. Yep. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get a good look at uh, at who the defender was. Fourteen. Martin, yeah, Neely Martin. Yeah, that's who I kind of had thought it was. Yeah, I mean, she I think she just got she got beat, she got she got caught off, and it's it's, yep. it's just little things that happen. And that's that's the thing about this game is that a whole game's results can come down to a little misplay like that. Yep. I mean the score line, it ended one nothing. She was two steps back, could you know, could have been a draw. Yeah. You know, if if that other, you know, if that defender there and that the good opportunity we had was was just slightly off from where she was like it's just it's, it's a yeah. game about little moments it's just i, don't know, like, I think it's kind of neat and cool yeah it, if some calls go a different way yeah it's a it's a game of inches absolutely uh, so um you know some it's weird it's, substitutions near the end do we want to <laughs> yeah that was, i think um, we've been we're very limited by injuries and all the playtime everybody's racked up but that was after going down a goal we subbed on more defenders it, it seems like <laughs> I, I don't know it, it seemed to me like the towel got thrown in a little bit yeah I, I don't have to make of it so i guess first off the first set of subs was at the 53rd minute which they scored in the 49th so it's pretty much right afterwards right after the goal yeah emily fox and julie ashley came off and they came off for brooke hendricks and aaron simon yeah brooke um, hendricks is not a wing <laughs> defender yeah no I, I i agree there i'm a brooke hendricks fan but i don't yeah. i don't think that's her position and so then, i think we it's kind of hard for me to tell i, I think martin 
slid out and played on the wing and Hendricks came in the middle is how mm-hmm. that worked out. I, we could have possibly switched to a three, three at the back. Um, but it, it looked to me that it was more of Martin on the wing. Yeah, probably that. I don't think we made any massive shape shifts. Um, and then it wasn't long afterwards when we made the next set of subs, the 65th minute. Malai and Ekic both came off for Jorian and Ebony. Yeah, and that's the sort of sub I, I would have expected to see in the the first like a, like a yeah. like a going for it sub. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah, the that, rat. We started with a weird backline and finished with a weirder backline. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the mindset there is just trying to put myself in the shoes of Coach Holly. Is they're just trying to let the uh, opposition wear out a little bit more before you bring on those attackers so they can maybe have that little extra jump on them. And well, maybe I, he realized also that we, there need to be some changes with the defensive setup and had done that. I'm and not sure. Your I thoughts? would have to think the fo- Fox coming out was just managing minutes. I mean, she's played a oh, whole yeah. lot this season. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, I mean, she, cl- she clearly needs to be on the pitch whenever, whenever available and, and yeah. you got to give her a rest at time. So so I, I I get that one. Um, yeah, and then it, it was all Houston. It felt like from that point, the, the second half, it like the. I, I think we were very fortunate that they didn't get a second goal in that second half because it it felt like they just had the ball on Louisville side of the field for that whole <laughs> whole stretch. Yeah, yeah. and I mean. When it's all said and done, the possession battle was was relatively even. But like we were talking about before, if you're going to look at the the accurate passes, like of 384 accurate passes, only 101 of racings were on the opposition side. So 283 were yeah. in their own half. So, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm sure a lot of that occurred in that in that second half. It's pretty telling. Yeah. It, um. Well, and just like before, I'd, I'd outshot 14 to 5, which is very similar. I think it was 14 to 6 in the Kansas City game. So, yeah. And here's the one that really worries me. So, FOTMOB has chances created as a statistic. I don't 100% know that definition, but just intuitively assuming that those are genuine chances, something that maybe probably influences the XG value. They had 12, we had five. Like, yikes. Yeah. You you just I mean you want to see it closer, and I and I imagine again a lot of there's a lot of theirs probably happened in that second half when they were when they were in the driver's seat. But yeah, and I, I don't know. It's like I said, you don't want to blame the schedule, but it, it definitely it seemed like they were able to keep it up until that goal, and then sort of everything deflated after that to me is what what i saw so i think that it looked like all the all the the five games in 17 days all caught up at once after that goal was scored yeah i agree a mixture of physical and and mental and being on the road doesn't help that so all right so zach we're we're coming off of two losses and we're returning home on saturday to play the ol rain then that following saturday we go away to orlando and then later in September, home against Houston again. I mean, how, how are you how are you feeling about the team at this point? How are you approaching these these matches? I guess particularly the next one. So what are your I mean, thoughts it's good. overall? 
to get a week's rest, like finally. Um, I think that that'll be big. I think we have a bunch of players with some knocks that that's going to help with. Um, uh, the rain, I think, are uh, that's going to be a fun home game to go to. Uh, they, like they're bringing a lot of quality players mm-hmm. with them. That it's going to be nice to get the opportunity to see play here in Louisville. Yeah. Um, that is. I, with the way the rain have been playing lately going to be an uphill battle for yeah. for louisville it's a it's going to be a real test um, they're currently third in the table so i'm uh, a little nervous about that i mean again we i mean we we've we've pulled off upsets before i mean we beat Bayern munich who's who would probably be a near top of the table team in the nwsl yeah so it's possible but um you know i'm i'm, I'm worried yeah, what do you that, are yeah, you that, the players that Rain have on loan from Lyon, I think, have fully integrated into the lineup. So I think they're really, they've got um, the Olympics players are back. I think they are, they are rounding into form right now. So that that's really going to be a tough, a tough, tough match. So on the racing side of the house, are you expecting any changes, or do you think it's going to be? A lot of what we've seen as far as personnel-wise, shape-wise. I mean, I, I expect we'll probably see a, see a lineup lineup similar to what we saw in the Kansas City game, with the mm-hmm. exception of maybe some changes up top. Um, I think... Um, yeah, I, I think we might go with either Ebony or Nadia, but maybe not both at the same time again, just, just cha- mixing things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, it'll be, uh, be interesting to see. It should be, I mean, I'm glad we're back home. I'm hoping that that helps, you know, one time in college, I'm going to get off a little tirade right here. Um, I, I took a class and I don't remember the name of the class. It was related to sports, but one of the main themes in that class is that there is no home advantage. And, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's all sorts of legitimate evidence supporting that. However, I still have it ingrained in my mind that there is such thing as a home advantage and that whole class is bullshit. I think that's (laughs) highly sport dependent. Yeah. And I think a lot of that that is not, I think that is true to varying different levels in different sports. So, and soccer is one where there definitely is a home advantage when you look at statistics. And what and what I was seeing there, and I think a lot of that class was focused on basketball because yeah. obviously it's okay. I was gonna give basketball as the example of the sport where there's not much of a home advantage. Yeah. Uh, and and basically the teacher's trying to tell us we're up arena meant nothing and, and really really <laughs> bothered us. Uh, but no, I and I guess the one thing in soccer though is that you can literally have different pitch sizes. Like that it, can change. You different your pitch game. sizes, which affects the game. Um I, there is there is some um some evidence that you tend to get calls in your favor more often at home than you do on the road. Um, it, it, like the refs are humans too. There's like you... it, it, soccer is a game where there's so many judgment calls that when you aggregate it over the course of, a, of the season, that the home team tends to be favored just a little bit in the refing. Yeah. I mean, couldn't you say the same for that for basketball as well? Um. Well, I mean, you could say that about anything, but I, I think we mentioned like, soccer is such a game of inches that I think basketball is 
not as much of a game of inches. Uh, you Fair. because you have a hundred possessions in a basketball game, yeah. and you score on such a high percentage of them. Like one bad call does not affect a basketball game the same way like one big call does in a soccer game. So yeah, and the small things make a much bigger difference in soccer than they do in like basketball or like tennis, where you're playing a lot where you have a lot of possessions or like a lot of points uh, scored. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I'm hoping that we do get a little bit of uh, home field bias. I'm, I'm told I talked to Rob Arnold at pregame coffee and a lot of times the referees will stop in there before the match. Hopefully he'll get him like caffeinated a lot. And hopefully that, that caffeine like rush well, will, will somehow. I want to make it clear. I'm not saying favor. that the referees have like a conscious bias. I just mean, uh, when you look at calls over the course of a whole season, the home team tends to get a little bit more of them I, it, it, in a way that makes a little bit of a difference. I want to commission a study to see how that caffeine influences that. And maybe a higher <laughs> caffeine thing will make them a little bit more unconsciously biased. <laughs> I don't know. We got to do some research so we can act accordingly because, you know, there's nothing in the rule books about caffeinating the referees. I feel okay saying all this because I don't think any representatives from the NWSL are listening. <laughs> Definitely all no right. representatives from pro are listening. <laughs> all right. Let's move on. Enough with that that chatter. Let's talk about the, the boys' side of the ball, which uh, didn't really go any better, did it? Yeah. I mean, also not fun. At least there was only one. I, I did want to mention, I guess, just the woe is me for a Louisville soccer fan. I, I looked and between, between the two teams, it, it has now been six regular season games without a win in a row. Uh, because I, I guess we remember the, like the, the Chicago game feels like a win, but officially that was a draw. Yeah. As far as the league game goes. So you got four, Four winless games for racing and two winless games for Louisville City in the last two weeks. So what I'm hearing is is that there's really no reason for us of a team anymore. They're just trash. <laughs> we just need to board up the stadium, close down soccer holdings. Now we're due. That's what that means. <laughs> well, it wasn't Saturday. <laughs> I guess we're due another day. Because we're due later. We'll do eventually. And here's here's, but no, what's, I... here's what's frustrating about this one. So it's the Birmingham Legion. They're pretty good this season. I, I think They're, people are sleeping on Birmingham. I think, oh, I agree. I, I agree. think Birmingham is actually a lot better in like the grand scheme of the league than they are getting. Um, oh, I agree. I wasn't about to yeah. about to start pooping on them or anything. Like I think they're I think they're good. What what I'm frustrated about is that this was such an opportunity. We're still, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, we lost this one. But yeah. even you know, even losing, we're still ahead of them on the table. I wasn't so much worried about about that but like it could have been a lot of momentum and it really was cement us at the top of the sort of my and keep it kept us in the fight for that that league title which is really what i have my eyes on and i'm closely watching that i mean my expectations going into the game where where the game should be a draw it would be great if they got a win um, yeah. and that, that's sort of uh yeah i'm i'm right there as well like i've been i've been I've been pretty vocally critical. Like now I, I go with the team saying pretty much, I'm pretty much expected wins on here. There's a few teams where I don't, I think that's the exception. This is one of them. Yeah. Especially like, on think, the road. That, yeah. That. On the road at Birmingham, like a draw, like that was fine. Like a, a draw gets energy away. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not accepting of that. And well, and it's one where I, if you look at like the expected goals that like 
it seems like they sort of played it to a draw. I mean, that, that's sort of how it would work out. It, it look, it, that's. It, I was going to bring up the whole the whole XG on on that one because that yeah. that made things a little bit more frustrating. I'll well, say that. I mean, little- they, like I said, it wasn't a win in the XG, but I just mean that that you know it. I think it was a very even game between both sides, and yeah. a, a draw would have been a fair result. Well, the result that happened was not unfair because yeah. you know it. Louisville did not play the best game they've played. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At a, um, at a high level, like, they they did not get super outplayed. It, it's probably that game sort of was 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 pretty even to me. Yeah. At a, at a high level, I think it was the case of Birmingham wanted it just a little bit more. Yeah. It was and a Brett had a very good game. Yeah. It was a big chance for them. I mean, it was a big game for us, but it was a big chance for them. I think it meant a little bit more to them, and and they made it happen at the end of the day. I think if yeah. these teams play up again, there's no reason why Louisville City can't you know can't beat them or or, or draw. I'm still going to hold the same standard. Like but... I, I don't look at how that game play out and say like, oh, like like what's happening to Louisville? They're like, you know, they. I, I mean, it's yep. just like it it happens that especially. I, the, the game before this and this game, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's a sport. It's a sport of inches. Sometimes like, sometimes you win that way. Sometimes you lose that way. Yeah. Um, I, I got a, I got a few overarching thoughts, but we'll save those till after we've talked about the match itself. But yeah, before we get to that, we'll talk about the lineup. I think the first notable thing is that we have a lot of injuries right now. So yeah. last match, both Wes Sharpie and Jonathan Gomez went down injured. I don't exactly know what their timetables are, but they were they were um, out of commission for for this most recent matchup. Along with them, Corbin Bone, which um, again I'm not sure where he is at. I don't I don't even I don't even specifically remember when he got injured. And then also I, now yeah, that- McCabe was not listed for selection, which I don't know if you saw this, but it looked like on social media he was in Ireland. So. Maybe he was hurt and just went to Ireland, or maybe he got some time off. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad he was able to. Family thing. Yeah, um, Either, I mean, whether it was injury or, or, or just personal time, like I, I, I think I actually, have... I am happy to see that he was in Ireland rather than just like in Louisville hurt. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's better. And and here's the thing about it is I think we we have depth and we need but need to be able to rely on that depth. So yeah. I don't like using that as a crutch. Well, and like, thankfully. Um, the Gomez injury happened right after we got Oscar back, which I, I guess unfortunately means Oscar probably got maybe pushed into a start a little sooner than you probably would have liked as far as his recovery timeline went. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, his performance for this one, and maybe even you know next match, I guess, depending on if he's starting or playing or whatnot, you know, I'll, you know, he'll be graded a little bit on a curve because yeah, you know, fit, fitness wise, I'm sure he's, he's ready to go, but like being in and playing like, I think we we briefly talked about this yesterday at soccer. Like, it's different when you're on the pitch trying to play, like assess you know these passing lanes and and yeah. and things like that. It's just it's a whole different beast. Yeah, I mean, so. getting started, having to start because of injuries on only your second game back in the lineup is is like a a big ask, even for someone as good as Oscar. Yep. So um, so with all those injuries and 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 I guess any other rotations that might have been happening. Um, some points of interest is that Josh Widener got another start. I'm always really excited to see the uh, young prospect get some time in there. Looking comfortable back there. Yeah. Oh, you know, Jorge's uh, in the lineup again. Tyler Gibson. I like Tyler. I like him a lot. Um, yeah. Tyler's sport- had a great season. Yeah. Um, he's good. 
as far as substitutes go, this one I didn't catch initially. I saw somebody on Twitter pointed out, but Simon got the uh, was on the bench rather than Chris Hubbard. So I don't know if that's any sort of signaling on the pecking order with the, with the goalkeeping regime or if it's just kind of standard issue to kind of swap them out every once in a while and give or them possibly injury because we don't get an injury report from true Pool city so yeah so kind of you kind of have to just guess <laughs> yep so that was uh interesting as well um another good thing is that um brian Ombi was was on the substitute list so i guess that means he was probably not 100 good to start but they could and would give him minutes which ultimately did happen so um any other thoughts on, Came out on the 65th minute right yeah let's see here it was later yep 65th yeah, think- minute Yes, oh, and one other thing I read about it wasn't uh, was it on the team sheet. So this has nothing to do with the 18, but apparently um, Abdu and uh, Elijah Widener are both available for selection again. Yeah, I, I, we mentioned uh, Abdu was on the was in the 18 last week. Oh, I um, completely missed that then. I'm uh, asleep at the wheel. But Elijah Widener, he, yeah. he didn't make it into the game, but he was he was on the bench that yeah. game, which I'm happy to see. But Elijah Widener was not, and so I. Early on, when he first got injured, they made it sound like he was pretty much like for sure out for the whole season. So I'm excited to sound, uh, that he's available for selection. I'm sure they're going to be very careful and cautious with him. Again, we have so many we have so many puzzle pieces that there's no reason to rush anybody. But I am excited if he does uh, does get some time and see what he can bring. Because at the yeah. beginning of the season, it sounded like he was going to be a big part. He was of getting the talked team. up a lot in, yep. in preseason, so I'm very very happy to see his recovery is going well. Yeah. So. We'll keep an eye on that situation. Yeah. Keep an eye on there. So, all right. As for the, uh, the match itself, the first half was, uh, I mean, it ended, it ended nil nil. And I was pretty, pretty comfortable where we're at. I, I took a screenshot of our statistics after the first half, no goals were scored, but we had 57% of the possession relatively equal on, on shots. I they, thought Van uh, Oakle had a very good game for them in goal. He had a couple big saves. Uh, Siegfried, I think in the first half, had had some big saves too. Because um, Brett had a couple very good chances. Yeah. Um, a one big uh, one big moment was that uh, I think it was about 30 minutes in the match. There was a, a cross to a Legion player in the box, and it was going to be one of those like tap-in shots where he's real close to it. But Parker did a good job. He came, he came off his line, made himself big, and was able to deflect it. Like that could have, that could have been bad news, uh, or pretty, relatively early on for for Louisville City. But we were able to to keep that one out. And then Paulo late in that in that first half, he had a shot at the box's edge that was a uh, pretty dangerous looking and required a diving deflection save. Yeah, I, I was going to mention when we talked about his goal, but I, Paolo is having a great season in, a, in the attack this mm-hmm. year. It seems like he's really shifted to a lot more of an attacking midfielder role and, and is playing very well in that role this and season. The great thing about him is that he's such an intelligent player. I think a, a lot of his goals are simply that he puts himself into good spots. Yep. He's, I mean, he's, he's been there to finish... Been, yeah, he's been vocally self-critical about himself. I, I, you know, I talked to him once, and he, he described himself as being slow as molasses. <laughs> so he's not our, he's not our quickest player. But it, I mean, you don't need to be quick if you're smart, and that's exactly what he's been doing. And so I, I think guess, he's selling himself a little short on the quickness. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's a little bit. He's of still regular privilege. human, quick. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, first half ended nil nil. We go in the locker room, and unfortunately, it seems like the Legion's uh, tinkering, team talk, what have you, was the one to pay off first because they got the first goal scored by Mister Nico Barrett. Yep. And he was knocking on the door all night. So it's, you could sort of see that one coming. Yeah. And if this is the one I'm thinking of correctly, both of their goals, in fact, I I don't know that I attribute as much as a defensive problem, more so that them exploiting us. So yeah, very quick, crisp passing. Yeah, a, a good and, outing from Birmingham. So Nico Brett, he shot between Tosh and... Um, and Josh Widener, and he's being marked by Gibson, but he was just a step ahead and faster, and he was too far apart from for either Josh or or Sean Tosh to to go in there and make and make a difference on that one. I think Tosh was marking somebody else anyway, because I saw a lot of criticism of, of Tosh online post match, and yeah. I don't I don't know that that's completely warranted. I I was looking back specifically to to see you know did I miss something, but I, I don't. I don't think that he has any particular bigger issue to bear here. What are your no. thoughts? I mean, he's perennially flirting with the all all league defense every season for a reason. Like yeah. he's he's the metronome back there. So I, I I'm I'm very I I he's one of the players I will most give the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, uh, if, in any given game. If anything, on that on that first goal, I maybe would have liked to see. Josh have recognized the play sooner and maybe come up and try to help because Tyler Gibson was getting beat and you know maybe there's yeah, some criticism to be shared there he was but... he was hustling but like yeah that's that's where you need the help defender to slide in so I mean Josh is what they just turned 17 like yeah so, I mean that's... you're you're gonna have problem like just like we were saying with racing you're gonna have you're gonna have little issues and mishaps with players and this is how they they learn especially young players that you're bringing bringing up yeah but the but the point being is that I think it was more of a testament of, of Birmingham's game plan, more so than us just not doing the right thing. So, you know, good on them. They got their uh, their first goal. So we went down in the match, uh, but it didn't take us long to respond. Maybe what ten minutes? So I think in the, it was a sixty second minute, as we already said previously, is that it was uh, Mr. Paulo de Piccolo and. It was a bit of a team goal. There was uh, a couple of players were in the mix in that build up getting it over there. It was initially I think, a uh, Hopeno got the assist officially. Yep, he did because it was a cro- it was a cross from Jorge going over to to Cameron Lancaster, but Cameron didn't connect it with his foot going across. So, but Hopeno was there to retrieve it on the other end, sent it back in. Um, Cam, I think, was still kind of on the ground from his first attempt. Apollo was was in the right place at the right time, got a foot Cleaned to it. it up. And, Yep, cleanly put it in. Veteran move right there. So I'm happy that we were able to equalize quickly enough and not not flounder too much. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think in general, the team has played very well beh- from behind this season. Yeah. Any time that they have gotten behind, they, they have, it seems like, bounced back pretty quickly yeah yeah the equalizer usually isn't too far behind if it's happening one thing we uh, i failed to mention in the um at the end of that first half like the last like five to ten minutes uh pat mcmahon had some sort of injury with his leg and and he was he was left on to finish the half but he he clearly was 
yeah. was was struggling out there. I'm surprised that the substitution didn't happen before before half. It did happen at the start of the second half, but I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. So Keel probably wanted to give him a chance to come into the locker room and feel it out before they. Perhaps. I mean, he went down like two or three times. So I I don't know. That was a little surprising, but I mean. Because you had a similar thing happen with Lancaster a few games ago. Oh, the head. Yeah. Well, no, with the ankle. Um, Oh, wait. Yeah. Where where he he sprained his ankle and, and was off the field for a little bit and went down and um, I think they, yeah. And they they gave him a couple, they gave him a few minutes. They gave him some time to feel it out and and he got back up to speed. So they probably, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Pat wanted to stay on the field. So they probably were giving him a chance at least to get to halftime and feel it out. So either way, I'm hoping that's just like a one game sort of thing, like where, where he'll be ready to go for, for the next match and hopefully not another, another person on the, on the growing injury list, but something to keep an eye out for. So anyway, um, going back to resuming back to where we were after Apollo's goal, um, both Jorge and Hopeno came off for, for Jimmy and Brian Ombi. I know a lot of people uh, have been attributing a lot of our, a lot of our success in the attack with, with Brian Ombi. So He's having a career season so far. Yes, he is. Unfortunately for us, uh, I, I think Corbin Bones a big puzzle piece there, and I think that was maybe, maybe a little bit of the reason why we we weren't able to come back I, in this one. I think he but. Bone has been very instrumental in the attack. Even even when he's not getting the assist, he is usually he's setting the play up yep. for it scores, and so I, I think just creatively not having him in for the past few games has hurt the attack. Um, I am nodding my head vigorously. And, and I think that's why we maybe weren't able to get anything else going here because. Yeah. Uh, oh, almost got something going though. I, I wanted to mention the, the Lancaster shot. Oh, I would have glanced right over that. I'm glad almost that a world-class, uh, just barely missed being maybe the greatest goal he scored. It was, on, it was on target. Like that was the yeah. goalkeeper had to actively stop that one. Yeah, that's. I mentioned Van Oakle had a great game because had he not made a very good save there, that was almost like a. Would you even? It wasn't quite a bicycle kick. It was like an over the head scissor kick. I, I think, was going to ask. I was going to ask you. I'm sure it has a name, but I'm pretty naive to the names of these different kicks and moves. I would call that a scissor kick, but that that was stretching the definition because he got his legs so far up that yeah, he, yeah, it was. Right on the line between what you would call like a bicycle kick or a scissor kick. Yeah, it was spectacular, and it would have guaranteed been a, a top 10 yeah. play. He had a lot on Sports it, Center. too. It, 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 he did not just sort of bloop that on Cole. Like, that was yeah. coming in hot. But to be honest, like, I love the confidence to try something like that. Oh, yeah. I love it. So we, I mean, uh, if, if you pause it, his foot is above everyone else's head when he yeah. makes contact with that. He did everything he needed to, but the goalkeeper just did a good job. Like, I mean, the goalkeeper that dived to get there, I think he was even like a little shook afterwards. I guess he, hit the ground. I think push. he dived and like his back hit the goalpost a little bit. Cause oh. he, he was on the ground for, for a little bit after that one to recover. Yeah. So, man, I mean, like we said, game of inches, <laughs> that goalkeeper was a few inches uh, farther away from that. If he's a split second slower on the dive, it goes right underneath him. Yep. Yep. 
Unfortunately, uh, there was some substitution action for Birmingham at 77th minute. Nico Brett came off and JJ Williams came on. And I guess they, they passed baton for, for being awesome on the night because it took JJ Williams, a UK product, by the way, yep. all of one minute to, to find his goal. Which, this is what happens when we don't siphon up all of the local players. Anybody who goes to college in the state. I know. <laughs> so um, this one ended up being a chip shot shot over uh, over Parker. And I'm trying to recall the sequence, but it was another. And it, Just it well-placed another, finish. Yeah, yeah I, don't, it, I don't really blame Parker in that one. I think it was another case where, where our defense was, was exploited a little bit. Again, more, more on them being good than uh, our defense being poor. Yeah. Like, Overall, I don't think Birmingham did not have like a ton of good chances. Uh, I don't think on the night the defense was bad, but they Birmingham definitely made the most of the opportunities they got, and we're very yep. we're very quick on the turnaround. Yep. So I mean, so there's goal number two. It's two one. Uh, shortly after we brought Kyle Gregg in for for Oscar, but but really, I mean, that was that was all there was to the match. We just weren't able to to get anything else going another yep. goals in the mix, but, um, and it's, I mean, it's their first loss in, I mean, since, since early July. Yeah. It was, yeah. uh, the, uh, the Tulsa loss. It was on seven ten. They, they went eight that. games without a loss. So yeah, like, so very good. It's it, good. Um, this is not European soccer. They don't have like five times the payroll of, <laughs> yeah. of any other team they play against. And, like, in a league where all of the resources are as even as this, like parity, they're they're playing extremely well. Yeah. So I mean, my my thoughts on it is what what frustrated me is looking at, at the XG we mentioned earlier. Louisville City one point three, Birmingham one point zero one. Yeah. Like I I know that's just that's kind of just a barometer for yeah, it, for opportunities it, but what's what's what just frustrates me is that there's so low but yet they still found two goals and i yeah. mean i guess the more that we talked about these specific moments within the match yeah. the more i'm easing up on my frustration about it well and a 0.35 xg league lead is nothing no, that is I'm, in the yeah. noise i I'm, and i'm not advocating that we should have scored two goals i'm frustrated yeah. that they got two yeah. on, on that expected goal value so and I think that the thing to keep in mind is that <laughs> because Louisville leads an XG in basically every single game they play, there's going to be a, a lot of times when they lose games where they were leading in the SG because they just don't have the opportunity to win games where they weren't leading the SG because they just, I think there's only been two games this season that they've been behind yeah. in XG. <laughs> so yeah. it's it just... It, it's a product of how good they play and how consistently they, they create more chances than the other yeah. team. That's just kind of, it only ever had, they only ever have the opportunity to have bad luck on the other ends because they, they sort of always put them in the position to win. So they, they don't often benefit from good luck on, on their side Yeah, just because they don't have the opportunity to as often. Yeah. And again, it wasn't our, so it wasn't our XG lead that frustrated me. It was just, it was disparity between Birmingham's actual goal count compared to, to their xg well and again two to one is is nothing so, uh, you would expect a team that had one xg to score two goals like a fairly large percentage of the time because it, it it it's a spread 
of possibilities that can come from having one expected goal and scoring one goal is the most likely one of all of them. But when you compare it to like how many different goals you could score, it it's actually, it's like less than half the time you'll actually have one goal on one XG. Zach, so. don't, derail, don't derail my narrative. <laughs> I just, no, I get, I get, I get, I get what you're saying. Because just, I'm a big proponent of it, I, I do want to just let like make it clear that like you're not always going to have one goal when you have one XG because it's just uh, uh, there are a oh, lot yeah. of possible th- outcomes that can happen when you have one XG. Oh yeah, I mean I've been watching that Twitter account that tweets out those little charts of like of oh, the USL, NWSL, and um, MLS matches, and some of them are pretty crazy to see. You'll have teams that have like half an XG, yeah. but they scored like three goals. Because I mean, awesome. when you think about it, I mean, discounting own goals, like if you have five shots. That's like, you're not going to have a lot of XG. That's not a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. You could have five goals from that. Yeah. It, it would be unlikely. Um, right. Um, so, yeah. But um, I mean, but still, I, I guess it's just, you know, it's just frustrated. Like some of those goals and I guess some ways were preventable, but like, I, but again, like I said before, I think Birmingham just did a, Brand did a well, good job I, playing us. I think I had, a I good feel like of all them. the teams we've played this season, my takeaway is that Birmingham seems to ha- consistently have the best game plan against Louisville City. They mm-hmm. like, I think tactically, Birmingham has approached the Louisville games the best of any other team I've seen. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be interesting to watch for next time. Like, you know, there's a good, I mean, we're both going to make the playoffs. I think we have one game left against them. Yeah. 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 And it's actually the last one of the regular season. And I'm sure that will there's a pretty good chance that we might play them eventually in the playoffs in some capacity. So yeah, that's a, that's a chess match to, to keep your eye out for on, on how we'll approach that one for next time. And if they get that second playoff spot, um, I will be very interesting to see their playoff matchup against someone in one of the other groups. Cause I, I think in like the power rankings or whatever, and the, the, I think the rest of the league has been sleeping on, Birmingham and I think they're actually pretty good this season yeah and I mean even going into the season uh, I'm going to humble brag a little bit uh, that uh my little preseason like assessment thing I had them I had them pretty high up the list yeah I think I had them above Indy because I think not, like, a lot of people most... thought last season was a fluke and I think they have shown this season that 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 was not a fluke last season that yep. they are good yep now um one other thing I did want to call about this match is 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 in comparison to the last match is the tone of the post-match conversations. So after the Oklahoma city loss, coach Cruz's tone seemed to be rather forgiving and understanding of the draw versus this one. He came out a lot more was, was, was pretty clear. He was not happy. He said um, he felt that they were outworked and, and that was obviously didn't sit well with him. Yeah. Um, So I'm, I'm, glad to see the criticality between that again I, I think i was a little bit more in the minority being so so upset about the energy matchup like they're not a great team like i think we can go to their house and manage a win i don't think that was that was too unreasonable yeah but i think and i think probably that result probably played a little bit into the comments of this one yeah. is a it was a build a build up of time and, and when you take them both together, it's a lot more disappointing than either either game was individually. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, and I you know, 
effort-wise, like I don't, I don't feel like that we, we were, we were overly outworked or anything. I just think they, they execute, they had a good game plan and they executed it better, and yeah. they took advantage of some of our weaknesses, which would include, you know, missing key components like a Corbin Bone, or you know, and having some youth on that back line. Again, nothing against Josh. It's, it's things he's going to learn, but. Yeah. I guess they just well, learn where to I go. Mean, the game, the team has made it pretty clear that their their goal this season is to have the best record in the league because that's with all the success Louisville City's had, that's a thing they've never done. Yeah. Um. So in that context, dropping points in two games like the last two is oh is like a big uh, a big problem for that goal. So oh, that I, was, I can understand that was out a that angry. was pretty huge actually. So I don't. I like 538. I don't know your your thoughts on them. Yeah, they do but, good work. Yeah, they they have a, a you know a probability essentially calculator of like what, what's going to happen with each of the teams. Like who's going to end first? Who's going to make the playoffs? Who's going to make the finals? Whatnot. Yeah. And I've been starting to carefully watch that. So before that match, we were at 87% chance of of claiming that first place spot. You know, right up there with Phoenix and um, El Paso, with yeah. uh, the Rowdies trailing a bit behind. After that match, we dropped down to 79%. Still pretty high, but the Rowdies jumped up to, like, I mean, they jumped up, like, six or eight points, something where it became much closer now in the East. And then Phoenix... There's opportunity for them to to, uh, gain some ground back. Yeah, Phoenix was already at, like, what, 95%. Then they went up to, like, 97 So, like, that was a a, a big hurt. So now I feel like more than ever... Well, and you want... I mean, the the big thing about that is that we talked about home field advantage, but that first place guarantees that any game you play in the playoffs is going to be at Lynn. Yeah. And that's, that's a big, that's a big deal. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, what's, you know, what's frustrating about it is that a lot of the back half of the schedule is very away heavy. So we can't like, we can't allow that to to be an excuse. I mean, moving on to game preview, I think this home game against Tulsa is a absolute must win like any anything other than a win will be a huge disappointment there because i a thousand yeah a thousand percent agree we at this point at the season if they have any we shouldn't be losing any home if we want to get first place in the league that is absolutely got to win game this week yeah yeah i get i mean i don't yeah i don't think we should lose any more of our our home matches whether that's realistic or not maybe a different topic conversation but my expectation is yeah Three Only one team bust. gets to have the best record, so you have to do some pretty, yeah, unrealistic things to get the best record. Yeah, we uh, yeah we got to win those, and and it sucks that we're gonna have to more than ever rely on results from elsewhere to carry us there. We're gonna have to hope that Phoenix and El Paso drop points, and that yeah. Tampa Bay doesn't gain any further on us on that, on that regards. But um, yeah. but as far as for Tulsa. They're the team that I had dubbed the the team for the neutrals because their defense is kind of eh, and their offense is pretty decent. So um, fun to watch. Yeah, they're 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 fun to watch. They got pretty jerseys. They <laughs> they score. They, they they play high scoring games. They're yeah, they're the good neutral team. Yeah, thankfully they're uh, they're coming to our house, so we don't have that like obnoxious like where they have a firework display or the smoke stack shooting up behind the goal. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> And I, I think they had who, fireworks. Yeah, I forget who was talking about, like, how those actually went off. Like, is there a sensor? Is there somebody pushing the button? Because I think on one of their goals, like, it went off, like, a little earlier than expected. I mean, if we're talking about things that are problems for people with sensory integration issues, I feel like fireworks are 
way up there more than light shows, right? A tame light show at that, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, I I don't know if you have noticed. I I may be just too hyper focused on it. I have noticed what appear to be some subtle tweaks in the light show that I I think because I know they had a meeting um, about it um, mm-hmm. with Bella, um, but it, uh, I have noticed some like. At least one of the lights remains on at all times now when the light show is going on, and it's not a big, huge difference, but it does mean that like it doesn't go all the way from all the way bright to all the way dark as much, which I think is is useful. Um, Yeah, I I think they've done a good job of like being open to to hearing like criticisms and making adjustments overall. Yeah, I, I think there were, were some subtle adjustments, especially when you compare it when they were first figuring out the system. Do you remember, like, uh, Brooke Hendricks, uh, ga- um, the uh, the tying goal, like, an extra time for that very first racing match? Like, how it went completely black into oh, the light completely black, on. which I, I think for sensory integration issue people, or, and also just for being able to enjoy the celebration <laughs> reasons, oh. like, I'm glad they made some tweaks from that. I knew and, the camera now they, I thought it was awesome. They, <laughs> it's part well, of the moment. I think a, a good change that they've made is they, they wait just a little bit longer to start the light show now to, yeah. to give the players a chance to have the celebration and catch it on camera before the, the lights drop. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I trust which I that think that is, 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 a, is a good tweak. People might not agree with this, but I, I trust that um, soccer holdings is doing their due diligence on it. I mean, when when Brad talked about it on on Soccer City, however many weeks ago that was, I mean, like that was something that they looked into before they yeah. they got it. So it was certainly there, on their they radar. Appear to be keeping staying aware of. And um, and like you said, I think there are probably some even more subtle adjustments from there. And I'm sure is because is I'm it, a whiner. The only complaint I will make is that uh, um, I don't I don't love the lights blinking on and off while I'm walking down the stairs to leave the stadium after games. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I don't enjoy the post game light show as much as I enjoy the during the game light shows. Yeah. Um I mean I I, I you yeah, know personally I'm I have fine vision. I feel like it's sufficient for me to exit in a, in a safe manner, but uh but I but I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Either way, I mean, I think they're just trying to create that that enjoy that atmosphere and stuff. But again, like if new concerns are, are brought forward or issues or whatnot, I'm I'm sure they'll be open minded into addressing them. But yeah. I, as I, they I, have been just in general, I feel like uh, yeah. There's I mean they they do not always make maybe the best initial decision, but they've had they've done a very good job of of listening to feedback and tweaking things yeah. uh, with with a lot of the moves they've done. Yeah, and I think a lot of times maybe we we judge them that they're a bigger scale operation than they truly are. And I think part of that is, is maybe just the, the size of the operation. I mean, there's so many, only so many hours in a day for these different individuals to get different things done. Yeah. But then again, that's me being, being easy on them. I, you know, there's probably things that they could have maybe done right the first time, but anyway. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we got a big match with, we so we got two home matches this weekend. So it will be Friday for the rain match Friday and then, then Saturday is the Tulsa. Nope. I said that backwards. Yeah. Friday, Friday is the Tulsa game. 
Friday is the Tulsa match. And then Saturday is the racing match against the rain. Yep. So while we had a little bit of a drought of playing at home, we now get two back-to-back days. And I love it. I'm a big yep. fan. Well, and if you, if you have any, I mean, if you have friends that are women's soccer fans and haven't been to a game yet, like invite them to any game. But I, I think I'm going to rain game will be a very, very good game for maybe people who are cash only casually pay attention to the sport. Cause you're going to have some big names in town for that one. I was going to uh, say, you specifically said friends that are uh, uh, fans of, of, of women's soccer or just soccer. I'd say, you know, revise the same. If you anyway. have friends, friends, period. Megan Rapino is mainstream famous. Like if you know people who haven't made it out to a game, that's it. This is a good one to invite people to. That's what I'm yep. saying. Bring your friends with a passing interest. Bring your friends who like to hang out and just drink and have a good time with people. Bring in the other friends I've not yet categorized. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, it's it's one of those experiences like if you bring somebody once, like Either they're about they, they well, go buy season tickets or they're like, I hey, mean, that was fun. I'll go again. Like who, who has is, gone there and has a bad time? Seattle's coming off of breaking the league attendance record last week. Um, the Seattle Portland game that they played actually in Seattle proper, which seems to me Helped. to be an indication that maybe they should be playing all their games actually in Seattle. <laughs> um, yeah, I, but anyway, was- they're a good they're a good draw. So I. I would, I would hope, I would expect to see this to be a very well attended game this weekend. Yeah. And listeners, like for those of you out there, like if you're not regularly on the on the Twitter or the Facebook, like there's always free tickets floating around. It is, like, yeah, yeah, especially when you get close to like game time. Like the cool thing about our fan base is, is that like everybody's not like super greedy. We more just want to see the tickets like used and not go to waste. Like, hey, I got this extra ticket. Please, somebody use it. Like, so. You know, put your friend on standby if they're if they're pressed for cash. Let it you know show them where to look. There's Facebook groups where people are posting that stuff. Yep. The Somebody criteria to get in is pretty much just not be a bot. <laughs> Twitter, that stuff's always floating around. Point it my way. I'll help find them. So, all right, Zach, we rambled a lot about losses, and I don't want to talk about the losses anymore. So yeah, this was an episode I had hoped was would be. 20 minutes and it looks like it's <laughs> over an hour <laughs> yeah well we had a lot to say we were passionate about what had happened and here's what's going to happen is next time we record probably next sunday we're going to be talking about two wins we're going to talking about tulsa getting beat up by little city then we're getting their form and we're going to talk about spoiling uh rose uh, lavelle's return to her region i'm not gonna say home because she's from cincinnati but region pretty close right Fingers just because it's home for you well, she's from cincinnati and this it's like an hour hour and a half like this is as close to home as it's going to be for her chicago's farther skyline chili messy it's her nickname all right all right you got anything else that's all i got all right well ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening about us rambling about our losses i promise we'll hopefully talk about matches next time or wins next time i'm benton newman you can find me at purple sdf you can find me at zach w allen on twitter ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening be sure to check out state of louisville and uh, we will see you two times this weekend at lynn family stadium take care everybody
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.